Hello lovelies. So I'm recording this episode early because I'm heading to Mexico to go meet with my coach. I've actually extended the trip so I'm gone for almost three weeks. So here I am preparing everything in advance so you will have some amazing episodes to listen to while I'm gone. It's one of my favorite things about the world we live in now, our ability to create things in advance so that we can have like actual time off and still provide value, still connect to our community. It's why I know you're able to achieve more in less time because just think about that, like how at one point in time it was literally a matter of creating everything live, sharing it live. Like I even like to think of writing and mailing letters sorry, versus sending emails. Like to all of you on my email list, getting those juicy tips straight into your phones, on your computers, like available for you to read and reread on demand. That's powerful. So I would not be handwriting all those as letters and then you guys would miss out. So that's amazing about the world we live in and amazing about the emails. And I will say, actually, I'm gonna own it here. The website has been down. We've had some tech issues. So I've been hearing from you guys email and Instagram and even saw someone wrote a podcast review about it so love that about how the website is down so we've created a new link so you can get on my email list as of today and not only can you get on my email list as of today I've created a video teaching you how to stop wasting time with four simple implementable tips you're gonna then get an email for four days with like the problem and the solution Um, so I will get that in the show notes for you so you guys can get on the email list. I know some of you guys have really been trying for that and I apologize. Tech happens and it happens to all of us at every stage in our business. So um, let's talk about fails today. Speaking of tech fails, which I tend to be very good at. I always joke when things happen or fails happen like on as it really as it relates to tech and my business and you guys see it. It's like it's a good job this is why I'm teaching people. Like I literally talk the talk, walk the walk, do it all. But today we are going to be talking about non-tech fails. We're going to be talking about 100% Vicky fails, right? This is my favorite topic. And as I was saying, you guys know that I do talk the talk all about failing, all about celebrating failing, all about leaning into more failing. And I'm all for sharing the theory. But I also get that the theory sounds nice, and pretty and the reality feels pretty fucking terrible so that's why i actually went live for an entire week on instagram and shared all the details from five personal fails in my life to get out there to get honest and to share the reality of what it truly means to fail like what is it really like to experience failure and what does that actually look like to keep going through those fails And those of you that joined loved it. I got lots of personal DMs about how it affected you, what you learned, and the fails that you committed to failing, inspiring, inspired, sorry, (laughs) inspiring, (laughs) inspired from those videos. So for my lovely podcast listeners not following me on Instagram, I'm here today to give you the highlights. I will say you should probably hear following me there. If you love these podcasts, you'll love the messaging, what I teach, then your brain is going to want more of it. Like more of the same messaging coming from different angles is literally time hacking, right? The brain loves repetition. It's one of the first things I teach my time hackers when I teach them how to learn. 
So you can follow me at Vicky Louise underscore underscore underscore. And if you do follow me and you didn't get notified when I went live, then you just want to be sure to turn notifications on for my Instagram page. So you can see the magic I share and your brain gets exposed to more of this messaging. So like I said, it gets easier and easier and more automatic to just implement because that's the value, right? Implementing, not theorizing. You can literally Google how to turn notifications on for an Instagram page and have it set up in 30 seconds. And if you want to do that right now, pause this podcast and get it done. That's the best way to get things done, my friends. Just get them done. Okay, so fails. I'm going to be talking you through these personal fails right here, right now. And it's going to be much faster than I did it on Instagram. So you can get more juicy details there, but we are here to cover the highlights, the important parts. What I want you to notice as I do share these fails is how they were actually terrible. Failing doesn't have to feel like fun all the time, especially as you are going into them, even though for actually my time hackers, it can start to. And what I want you to really listen out for as I share these fails are the learnings that I took from each of them. And I want you to think about how valuable those learnings were and what those lessons have likely created for me since. Right, like if I could go back and not fail and not have those learnings, would I? What do you think? Have a listen. Okay, so the first fail I'm going to talk about is failing exams in school. So when I was 17, we did AS levels in the UK and they're like pre-university exams and we did the exams and I went away with like 40 of my friends and we were all getting our exam results together and like everyone did amazing aside from like three of us and I didn't get the grades that I needed to go study architecture which is what I wanted to do at the time and so that was a big fuck up and I even got called into school and they were on the verge of making me reset the whole year um, to continue with them because they weren't convinced that I could get my grades up to get into university so the first thing I did was I promised to them that I would get my maths up to an A and that meant I committed to resitting all of the exams from that year from like the first year as well as doing my second year exams my finals all at the same time so I doubled the number of exams that I was going to take in maths and um and that was a lot to take on like I it was really like I was so Ugh, at the time, I remember feeling so much shame and so embarrassed and so annoyed at myself when I found out. Like, really, like, there was, like, 40 people. 37 did amazing and three of us didn't. And it really felt like shit at the time. I'm just going to be honest. And But what I did was I decided to go all in. I decided to reset every maths exam. I chose to take more exams in order to pursue and move forward in what I wanted to do. I also asked for help. I went to the teachers. I stayed late after school. I had a boyfriend at the time that was actually a total math geek, which was really useful. And he would come around and we would actually study maths together. I did everything that I could to make passing inevitable. I kept training. I kept practicing. I did every test possible and I did them until I got 100. Because the good thing about maths exams, let me tell you, compared to like English or history, is you know at the end of the exam what you've got right and wrong like if you really know the material you know what you've got right or wrong so I got myself to that level of like it's impossible for me to not get over 80 and really I was aiming for over 90 to really push up my average 
And what ended up happening was, you, as you guys know, I changed from architecture to economics. I ended up going to one of the top universities in the UK, um, which was hilarious, having almost been kicked out of school, to going to one of those top universities. And I studied economics, which I love and adds a lot of value in everything that I teach and how I see the world for my time hackers as well. So those were that was the fail that was what i did and the three juicy lessons i want to give you the first was going all in like are you willing to go all in are you willing to redo all those exams like whatever the equivalent is for you right the second thing is asking for help asking for help from everyone asking for help from teachers my boyfriend staying late like all of the things really being willing to ask for help and that actually paid off for me at university as well when i had a mod like a course that i was doing that i also um wasn't doing super well in. i kept every week i would go to the teacher with like a practice essay and i was just willing to go and take up his office hours <laughs> he was like are you are you aiming for a first? I was like, I'm just, just trying to pass here. But in the end, I did actually get the first because I asked for help and I kept showing up and I got so much feedback. And again, I went all in. So those two lessons from this exam actually helped me at university. And that takes me to step three, which is making passing inevitable. Like if you are making, if you are committed to like, this is happening no matter what, how do you show up, right? For me, I kept training, kept practicing, did every test possible and did it until I got 100. So those three lessons have for sure impacted my success in my business and my life. Even like I think about my relationship with my husband, right? When we first met and he was like, I'm moving to Australia, this isn't going to work. And I was like, what if we just like went all in and trusted that if our relationship is so amazing, I'll find a way to come to Australia, which obviously didn't happen in the end. Uh, we didn't have to go to Australia, but we did get married. So going all in did work. Um, so that's the first thing. The second fail I'm gonna talk about is my driving test. And I failed my driving test four times. <laughs> and each time was worse than the last, right? I would go in, sit in the waiting room, thinking and thinking and thinking about everything that went wrong the last time and how embarrassing it was and how terrible it was and how everyone was already driving because I'm like an end of year late baby. So I was already one of the last and how unfair it was and all of these stories just spinning in my head right before I went in to do the driving test. It was like the worst thing ever. And I even had like a friend and she passed her test even though she'd hit the curb. So I would go in thinking like, she just had a great instructor and mine were just me and they were just all against me. You know how, you know how uh, 17 year olds can get. So at that time, again, I was feeling lots of disappointment. I was feeling annoyed and I was feeling so impatient. Here's what I did. I decided that I didn't want to do the test in the same car that I'd been doing the test. I changed the car against my instructor's recommendation. But I knew that like the car, like it just wasn't, it kept sticking and I wanted to do it in a different car. So that was the first thing. The second thing, I went into the driving test center, number five, and I just dropped thinking about the past and thinking about my fails. I just said to myself, I'm not allowed to go there. It's just gonna make me feel like shit. And I don't wanna feel like shit here today. I'm just not gonna, like I can think about anything. I just don't need to think about the past tests. Now, the third thing that I did was I reminded myself that like I 100% was gonna drive one day. It just, I just remember that moment of being like, oh, like I could fail today, but I'm 100% going to drive one day. I'm going to do this, even if it took 20 tests. Like, I'm, I'm glad it didn't, <laughs> but 
even if it takes 20 tests, like of course I'm going to drive one day. So I really dropped the attachment to the timeline, dropped the attachment to needing to pass that day and just let myself sit in the inevitability of it all. So really, and by the way, passed on my fifth go. <laughs> so the big lessons here were the first one was to do it my way, to be willing to go against the experts, the instructor, whoever it is. The second one was to just drop the past. It's not a predictor of the future. And that goes for all of you. I want you to think about where you are bringing your past into your present and your future. It's not necessary. And the third was, of course, dropping the timeline and letting success be inevitable. Like when you stretch the timeline on your goal, does it become inevitable? And if so, how do you feel? How do you show up when it's inevitable instead of I need it to happen today? Probably very different, way less stress, way less pressure. So those are the three juicy lessons from failing my driving test four times that for sure have led to so much success in my personal life, my business life. Okay, the third one, this, this fail is all about failing in love. So I want to tell you guys, I failed in love in all the ways. I was cheated on. I found out I was the other woman. I tried to settle for the guy that was right in front of me. I tried to play it super safe. I would be eyeing up like if someone was husband material on the first date instead of actually listening to them i used to find myself doing that like could we end up together forever like what are you saying and that like that awkward moment where they're asking a question and you're like i have no idea i was totally in my head um so really i had some hilariously magnificent terrible first dates i also had some fun first dates too let's be honest but what I will tell you is the feelings that I experienced as I was fading in love was really just like heartbroken, not good enough, frustrated. And what I did really is I decided to stop trying to find a husband. I decided I just wanted to have fun. And I dated someone that I was certain that wouldn't be a future with because he was planning on moving to Australia, as you just heard. I stopped playing games and literally from the day we met, I would message him to see him every day. Like whenever I wanted to see him, I would be like, hey, what are you doing? I wanna see you. So we basically also moved in together on day one. It was like the opposite of what, I, like it was not playing cool at all. I was always available when he wanted me. I met his mum less than one week knowing each other. And we just had lots of fun, like not by the rules, but just together. We even went on like our first trip together when we'd known each other, I think two and a half weeks. Now, this man that I met on my birthday five years ago that was totally not gonna be anything serious and was just a bit of fun that I saw across a dance floor um, because I was done looking for a husband and it was just gonna be fun is now my husband. That that's, blows my mind still to this day. The lessons that I learned from failing in love and then falling in love, like the first lesson is have fun. Fun is the way, fun is the way. The second one is you don't need to know the end at the start. Like detach from needing to know the end, let go of that attachment to like 100% this has to work out, otherwise I'm not gonna show up. Because when I was showing up that way, I wasn't building any kind of relationship with the people. And the third is really like, let there be space for a little bit of like, let yourself open up to possibility. Let yourself open up to like the whole situation being stacked against you, all the odds stacked against you and show up for it anyway. Like really, we had so many things stacked up against us from the fact that we lived in different countries. He was going to live in Australia. I, I left to go on two months 
to the US, like really everything was like polar opposite. But here we are married in love and an example that there are no rules, the odds can be stacked against you and you can still succeed. That lesson alone is so fucking valuable. I would never ever take back all of my fails in love because of the amazing lessons that I've learned through it. Okay, the fourth fail, this is a career fail. This is getting fired. So you guys may know, I left finance to go into tech, I moved to New York. Uh, so of course my visa to live in the US was attached to my job. And I ended up by accident in this super aggressive sales role because I'd wanted to work more with people. So I thought more sales was more people. And it was just super aggressive sales role. It was not me, it was like, I mean, like literally cold calling. <laughs> So I didn't love it, but I didn't know what to do. So I stayed and I stayed and I started working out more and like really prioritizing my social life and my out of work life and just showing up for work and doing what I needed to do and telling myself it was okay and like really picking myself up and like just walking to work every morning on the phone to my brother and he would be like, you've got this, you can do this. I'm like, okay, I can do this. Um, and then I got fired. <laughs> I got fired. It was like, Oh, I remember the emotions of like humiliation, embarrassment, fear, so much fear. Like what, like my whole life was suddenly up in the air. Like I was not gonna be able to stay living in New York. I was not gonna be able to stay living in my apartment. I'd lost my job. Like I didn't know anything about what I was gonna do next. It was like such a curveball, even though it was totally the right thing to happen. And I should add, this is actually a great thing, but my best friend was flying in. He'd booked to come in like six months earlier and he happened to land in the day I got fired and he was looking to move to New York and he actually still lives there now. So good for him. But back to the story, felt terrible, felt embarrassed, felt very hot and stressed and fearful and uncertain. Here is what I did. I cried. I cried in front of the guy that fired me. I cried in front of my best friend. I cried in front of the people we met in the restaurant that night. I cried in front of everyone. I really sat in it. I really let myself feel all the discomfort and wear it on my sleeve and not try and be chirpy and happy, which I used to be. I used to I used to be like, everything's okay. It's all gonna be fine. Like I really didn't do that, even though my best friend had just arrived for vacation. So this was like the end of me trying to be overly positive and not allow myself to feel like shit. So it's like toxic positivity, right? When you're just like, and everything's great. Like sometimes it's not great and that's okay too. And when it's not, you get to cry, you get to experience your emotions however you want to. Um, and then I applied to more jobs. I applied to jobs in New York. I like used all of my network there. I got loads of rejections. I had things like almost work out, like third round interviews. And actually in the end, I did get a job that would keep me in New York. And I went to train with them for a month in the UK. And at the end of that training, we found out that I couldn't get the visa through them. So it was like, literally it was all the plan was to go back and then it was gone. So that was a really big lesson in terms of like, you know, the lowest low and then lower afterwards and then lower afterwards. And so much uncertainty around me, I couldn't rely on a job to create stability for me. And what I did afterwards was I actually ran back to safety, ran back into finance, ran back into a salary. I just wanted to earn money. And then I knew within six months that I didn't want to be there. It wasn't the right thing. Safety wasn't the answer. So here are the big juicy lessons. One, be sad, let it all out. Or whatever your emotion is, if it's anger, let it all out. Two, you can survive a whole lot of rejection. 
like way more than you are exposing yourself to, right? This is why I think I expose myself to so much failure now because I survived so much failure and rejection then. It really raised my rejection tolerance of failure tolerance. And the third thing is you may crave safety and that's okay, but really pause before you run back to something because you think it's safe, right? Like something isn't safe just because it's known. I speak about this all the time on the podcast. I'm speaking about it through my personal experience. Okay, the fifth fail, the fifth and final fail of the day, closing our business, right? Me and my husband had a startup. It was all about connecting humans in real life. And I love humans, of course. My job is to literally help people, helping people. And that's why I made Time Hackers a community. It's one of my core values that people need people and we thrive together and we get so much more creativity and so much more pleasure and so much more fun, like bonding with other people, shared experiences with other people. And of course, we accelerate faster in that environment too. So this was our startup and I remember walking with Gid and we were in like in beautiful Austin in the nature and I turned around to him and I said, I can't, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like I'd reached close to breaking point and I was just miserable myself. I was working seven days a week, um, doing events, doing all the things to build the community. And I said to him, I feel like running back into finance or running away to be a hippie. And I feel like I'm doing, like we're doing well in our business, but it's, and it's taking everything from me. Like it's taking all of me to create the change that I want in the world, like more than I can give. And I really reached that point of like, I just don't know if I can do this, but I was so terrified of quitting and failing that we had that conversation. And then I wasn't the one to quit. He did. His decision to leave the business made my decision to close the business. Like, I mean, I actually didn't make it straight away. I I sat with it and then I thought, actually, you're going to leave the business. I'm going to close the business. I was close to breaking point anyway. Um, And I so appreciate that he made that decision um, because, like I said at the time, I was still attached to not closing it down and really caring about people and really really thinking that I should sacrifice myself. Um, and really what this meant, just to give you all the heads up, and you guys were with me because I was, I was recording the podcast at the time, was closing a business, leaving Austin. We went to move back in with my parents in Manchester. Neither of us had jobs. I was obviously coaching, so that was great. Um, at the time, like Gid would, at certain points was getting up at 5 a.m. to go work in a catering business because obviously he's an amazing cook, um, which you guys see on my Instagram. So it was like really like felt like seven steps back, like what is happening? And the feelings were like really feelings of failure, feelings of shame, feeling of embarrassment. Like everybody knew we had a community of thousands. They knew Um, it was really like this completely blank future. And what we did was we two days later, there was like a big expo for all the companies that were in the accelerator program that we were in. And obviously we really wanted to hide away, but we didn't. We went to the expo day, we supported our peers, we owned our fail. And on that day, actually, one of the women came to me and she gave me a t-shirt and it said, nevertheless, she persisted. And I felt so much shame getting that t-shirt. Like, no, we actually just quit. So we've not persisted. So I don't deserve this t-shirt. Of course, now looking back, I'm like, of course we persisted because persistence is not about never quitting. It's about continuing to move when you quit right? We moved back in with my parents. I invested in a coach. I got into huge personal debt for it. 
and backed myself more because when the worst thing happens and you survive it you realize how fucking resilient you are right i didn't go back to finance even though it was tempting but i learned from my previous fail that going back to finance was going to be like putting a band-aid on like a broken rib wasn't gonna wasn't gonna do shit i was gonna leave again probably quite as quite as soon so the lessons from here and i'm gonna give more than three lessons from here really just to own your fail that's the lesson one the second is every fail is a stepping stone to greater success even when you don't know it at the time even when it feels really bleak even when it feels like you've taken literally seven steps back the third one is pride swallow that pride i moved back home asked for help dropped the need to do everything right i was really super messy and allowed it all to be there and again that comes from the exam fail that i told you from as well it really like continue to add to those lessons and another lesson was like failing can actually have you back yourself more not less right like when you fail you learn to rely on yourself there's no external gratification there's no external validation you learn and you have to rely on yourself it makes you invincible and the last one here was really learning how to feel disappointed shame embarrassment and not let it stop me now all of the lessons that i've shared today have laid the foundation of which i've been able to create a successful coaching business a life that i love a 15-hour work week a loving relationship like a healthy mind and body and all of these things like i know i wouldn't be here where i am today without experiencing them and if i could go back in time and cancel them i wouldn't change a thing those lessons made me and sharing them again today felt vulnerable and exposing in a world that sells perfection and success. But of course, fuck that messaging. Let's talk more about failing. This is my promise to you to continue to talk about failing, about the reality of life, of entrepreneurship, of time, of failing, because this is how you create success. It's messy, it's painful, and it's paving the way to everything you want. You, my friend, do not need to avoid failure all the emotions that come with it. You just get to learn from them, always. This is why the most successful people fail the most. The lessons are wildly, like crazily valuable. Like if you're avoiding failure, you're avoiding those big juicy lessons that set you up for so much more success. So this is my invitation to you to consider your own big juicy lessons from your own fails, to go out there and fail today, to commit to failing more. And listen, of course your brain doesn't want you to fail. It evolved to avoid failure, but you get to rewire your brain. It's a tool for you. This is what my time hackers are doing, right? We are a bunch of failures and successes at the same time. And you will be amazed at the success that you are capable of achieving when you commit to failing, when you have a community of other people failing, when you have like a review process that allows you to learn from those fails and not just learn in theory, but implement, right? Like this is what we are doing um, as time hackers. And as always, you're invited to get your ass in that room to come fail with us. And so you too can get all the juicy lessons as soon as possible. Go against your brain's programming, rewire it so it's on board, so it knows you're not gonna die. You don't need to be afraid of failure. And you too can accelerate towards success. Like the success that you really want, the reason why you are listening to this podcast. The link will be in the show notes and I will see you guys next week. Bye love. Thanks for listening. Are you ready to feel better? 
you can download a free anxiety workbook, which includes a bonus worksheet to use anytime you feel anxiety creeping in by heading over to vickilouise.com forward slash guide. That is Vicky, V-I-K-K-I, then Louise, L-O-U-I-S-E. So vickilouise.com forward slash guide. The link will also be in the show notes. Just do it.